It is downright, disgustingly pleasant. I am deep in my fall depression. The sun is beginning to set at 8 p.m. There is a nip in the air. We're, we're working with 90 degree weather temps. I just, I know it comes every year and every year more than the winter itself. This is, this is where, this is where it really gets me. You're never prepared every summer. You think to yourself, no, no. Global warming has my back. <laughs> that, that, that is also, I need you to understand, I'm against global warming. <laughs> I am. It's bad for everybody. It's bad business is what I hear. It is. But... I miss those 100-degree days. I feel like it was just two weeks ago. It was just two weeks ago. But here we are. Here we are in red sauce season. And here I am making a podcast on a weekend where you're supposed to not be working at all. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, how much work is involved with someone screaming into their phone? It's more than you think and less than I exaggerate. So, so somewhere like right in the middle of that, a little bit, just right down the middle there is where the amount of work is what I would estimate. Well, let's get into it. We've got, I, I, I think everyone is very, very, very familiar with this brand, but I, I always find them to be exciting. I feel every vintage uh, that they do feels like something new and delicious and refreshing. So let's get into it. Okay, guys. Today we are talking about Las Harris. Okay. I saw a, a YouTube video of someone doing like a wine review and they kept saying Les Jaris. There's are we pronouncing Les Harris? Les Jaris? Les Jaris? Is this what we're supposed to be saying? Somebody tell me. I I mean I feel like I feel like it's Les Harris. I'm going to keep pronouncing it Les Harris. That's what we're going to go with, okay? We're talking about Liz Harris, uh, famously of Super Bloom, that we have reviewed on this podcast, um, and it's it's a it's a company that is out in California, uh, and I I feel like they've been on the forefront of what the branding looks like for natural wine. When I think of natural wine labels. I think first of this company's labels. Because I really do feel like 
yes, they were they were definitely I think one of the more known proponents of this kind of like new nouveau way of branding natural wine. But I also feel like the neons um the artisanal label that's the those are their signatures which which really kind of you see in in most natural wine labels it's not a it's not a bad trend by any means i'm very happy that people are following brighter more neon colors but um yeah i feel like i feel like they were the first that i really started to notice um those type of labels and today we're talking about their 2021 vintage of glue glue also in this video i heard the person say glug glug and i don't know what to do <laughs> and listen famously i've told you guys that i'm a french minor though i do not understand nor speak the language i can barely read and um i do know though in French pronunciation, it is glue glue. I know at least that, if I know anything in this world. And yet, this wine expert kept saying glug glug. And that was tough for me to move on from. <laughs> you see, you see what I felt like maybe it was a prank. Like, let me just maybe mispronounce everything. And I get it, like glue glue, the reason why uh, that phrase, you see it all over now. It's, it's essentially, it's a wine phrase of, of, a, of basically describing a type of wine, which is basically the way you can kind of talk about natural wine. It is easily drinkable. It is something that um, essentially goes with your food kind of blends in it's it's talking about these newer juicier wines glue glue so you know it's the it's an onomatopoeia it's it's supposed to sound like in english we say glug glug but if the label still says glue glue why are you saying glug glug and why are you saying les jaras or les jaras is it Les Jaris? And are we saying glug glug? I can't say glug glug. Les Harris, I really love a lot of things you do. But I will be calling you Les Harris. And I will be saying glue glue. I will not be saying glug glug. It's tough for me to look at anything and just say glug glug. We have to move on from this moment. I will be the bigger person. And since I'm the only person in this room... Well, Bagheera is in this room, of course, as usual. Um, I will move on. Have I introduced the pod? Welcome to the Sick Palette Podcast. My name is Deepa Shreeder. I'm your host. And today we're talking about Las Harris, Glue Glue 2021. (laughs) I believe on the last podcast episode, we were talking about uh, co-fermentations, essentially... Uh, the difference between a co-fermentation and a blend. We are back to a blend with this bottle. 
That means that it's after fermentation, even though we've also talked about how fermentation never really ends. But basically, after we as humans control a fermentation, oh, okay, just a little bit of clarity. That was not on the podcast, but that was on the newsletter. Sometimes, guys, we're just, we're just moving through the speed of light here, content-wise, and I forget what is newsletter-worthy or what was on the podcast. But anyways, the last uh, Sick Palette newsletter where we're talking about wild fermentation is essentially the idea that fermentation never really ends. And it's not something that we, in essence, decide when it happens. Fermentation is kind of always sort of happening. If you have fruit on a table outside room temperature... There is a process of fermentation it is going through. But it is with controls and it is with our intention and our ability to introduce things to help even with wild fermentation uh, that we can make sure that that fruit reaches a state we would want instead of it going from something that is fermented to something that is being rotten, essentially. So when we're talking about a co-fermentation, we're talking about grapes that are coming from different vineyards, um, different types of grapes, and essentially they are being pulled together. They're fermenting together, co-fermentation. A blend is when you have the grapes, they're fermenting, they're going through their juice process, you know, they're... They're having a skin contact process, for instance, for 10 to 15 days. Then they get pressed. Then they maybe start commingling with other types that are part of um, that are part of a vintage, and that is a blend. So we are talking about a blend here. And boy, is it a blend. Um, I also love this. I love this bottle because just just sort of like we were talking about Scotty Boys, um, guess who's coming to dinner? This is this is another red wine. I mean, no, no, no. This is another natural wine that acts like a bold red wine, um, but is but is still in that sort of low intervention natural wine side. So what is the blend that we're dealing with? We're dealing with um, 50% Zin, 19% Carignan, 15% Petite Syrah, 6% Mouvedre, uh, 6% Chardonnay, and 4% Cabernet Sauvignon. So it's obviously far more red than white. Um, but you know, you, you really do get like a lot of different, very distinct types of grapes there, which kind of, you, you then understand why you're tasting something pretty intense. Not a crazy ABV, uh, 13.45%, um, 
And yeah, this is this is something perfect for red sauce season because it is intense. I would call the taste of this to be something that is it it does have a clean finish, but you are getting some really 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 intense notes. So when you go on to the Las Haras website, uh one of their descriptors is wet rock. And I think that's correct. I would add to it. They also say a bunch of other things, which is fine. And it's good. But wet rock, wet rock is really what jumped out for me. I would add to the wet rockness of it all. I see your wet rock and I add you. And this is a flavor that Dimetab did not have and Long-time listeners of this podcast know that there is no greater, there is no greater compliment I can give a bottle of wine than talking about my love of Diamond Tap. And perhaps you're a new listener and you're saying to yourself, Diamond Tap, what is it? I don't see that around. I don't know if they make Diamond Tap anymore. Well, fair listener. Dimetap in the 90s was my choice of medicine whenever I would feel a cold coming on. Great Dimetap. It tasted just like candy. It was absolutely delicious. And would I sneak pulls as a child? Sometimes? Hmm? You know, that is neither here nor there. And listen, I turned out great. I scream into a phone now, so it's all good. Um, but if Dimetap was still around, <laughs> and they wanted to market solely to me, they would make a sour cherry Dimetap. And what I would say is this bottle is a mixture of not just wet rock, which is apt, but also sour cherry Dimetap. It just works. It is intense, strange, and it tastes like candy without, without the um, cloying sweetness. Lazarus, if you are listening, I want you to know this is a compliment. And I am sorry. This is just who I am. I wish I was better. I am not. I'm just a filthy line cook trying to make it in this world, talking about wine. Welcome to me. Okay, does it pass the tamarind test? Um, yes, absolutely. Another criteria I feel like in red sauce season is that it's got to, it's just got to be real good friends with tamarind. You know, we're talking about easy tiger vibes, uh, that sort of Pinot Noir, just sort of like, falls in line with tamarind, so does Glue Glue 2021. Um, you can go deeply South Indian with this meal. Uh, this is also a bottle, yes, you definitely, definitely want to have food with. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not like a chill bottle. Do you know what I mean? Chill the bottle. Chill the bottle. Make sure it's got a little bit of chill on it. But it's not a chill bottle, you know what I mean? It's like a bottle that that requires a 
I feel like an intense, active meal filled with red sauces. Um, And as you know, as a South Indian, I don't like to talk. I don't really like to talk about more popular Indian items, you know, because we all know those Indian items. More popular in the West, shall I say. But I'm going to tell you guys, this is the perfect pairing for a Glue Glue 2021 is butter chicken. I know. I know. Where are my loyalties? I have apparently none. Butter chicken, I'm telling you. And listen, there, Indians around the world, I want you to know, I have nothing against butter chicken. I love it. I have taste, but you know, it just, it just, I feel like I should be talking more about um, the food that isn't talked about, but no, it's butter chicken. That is the number one pairing for this wine. Also a perfect dish, butter chicken that requires ghee and butter and just lots of slow roasting vibes. It's a perfect red sauce dish that goes with the perfect red sauce wine. All right, let's talk about what we're looking forward in in the coming season because we're about to get a whole lot of new vintages. The things that I'm really looking forward uh, to trying in the fall, winter, slash red sauce season, sometime, it's coming, it's coming apparently, in the fall, Wonderwork. Wonderwork is coming out with marinara, which, come on, talk about a perfect red sauce pairing. Um, so I am very much looking forward to whenever that drop is. Um, and hopefully I will be able to get my hands on a bottle as soon as possible for it. And um, I'm also very interested in what Fruit Blood is going to be doing because they were named, they were named as like the, by me, but still. <laughs> They're like an ultimate summer wine vibe. Um, and they are, I mean, truly, I have no doubt that they are going to be doing some incredible stuff um, for the fall and winter, but I'm really excited really excited and and they're Yankees so they understand the cold you know they're not just like cosplaying as I am in this 90 degrees shivering so they must they must have something they must have something up their sleeves so I cannot wait to see how fruit blood tackles tackles a colder weather vibe Um, I also want to explore a lot more international wines. Um, I've been really excited to connect with a lot of domestic winemakers. It's been really amazing. I hope to continue to connect with them. Um, But but let's, let's go a little international as well. So if you guys have any recommendations of people doing some amazing stuff, uh, in places that I haven't haven't really talked about, 
let me know. DM me, you know, add a comment to the podcast link on Substack. Email me. You know how to do it. Um, but that is so far what I'm looking forward to um, in the fall and winter. Speaking of red sauce, the last newsletter uh, was not just all about wild fermentation, but also had the recipe for the pizza wave sauce. So it is uh, going to be a very good time to subscribe and become a paid subscriber and go through those archives. Another incentive to becoming a paid subscriber is um, starting a starting a little TV review branch because we don't have enough sub sub stacks. <laughs> we don't have enough sections is what I'm hearing, right? Um, I don't know what that section is going to be called. I kind of just want to have it right now on the main feed until I can figure out exactly where it goes. And the first one, the first episode is going to be on surprise, surprise the bear. Um, and I'm sure some of you guys have ha- had a little bit of an inkling of where I stand with the show. Um, but with me on that episode is uh, Ben Fordham. And um, he's a brilliant restaurateur here in Austin, Texas. And uh, hopefully hopefully he can sort of um, give, give a different, and by he can, I, I know he does. He gives a different perspective than I do, so... It's good. Uh, I'm excited. I think that episode's going to be really, really fun. Should be coming out in hopefully the next couple days. Guys, I'm trying here. I'm an editor, host. Uh, There's like more hats, but guys, you know, it is Labor Day. This is, I I would like to be done now. Um, so this was a slightly shorter episode for y'all, but I promise I will be back next week on your weekly podcast and we'll, we'll make this one back to its usual 35 to 40 minutes. Um, until then we'll talk soon. Bye.